Good evening, wool gatherers, and welcome to episode 166 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I know we are battling the NFC Championship game with the Niners and the Lions. And uh, since we're done here, I'm going to go up and uh, finish that game. But uh, hopefully you're take a little time out of your schedule and spend it with us. Because tonight, we are looking at albums from 35 years ago. We're going to take our top five and rank them one to five. We are going to look at the new Green Day record. I know it's really popular right now, and a lot of people listen to that. So find out what we think about it, if you care. And um, doggone it, I am going to stump Metalhead Monday. It's going to happen, my friend. No, probably not. He'll probably get it on the first one. <laughs> but we're going to try it anyway. So uh, special thanks tonight to our sponsor, the Kokomo Lantern. This is a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com and sign up for the content. I am your host, Foggy, and joining me tonight is Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. And there he is. Hey, Hi. here I am. Welcome to the Wanderings Cave. Oh, I thank you. Uh, yeah, we are actually right across from each other. I know it looks like we're somewhere else, but this yeah. is the Wanderings uh, Studios, and um, just two sides of the same room. <laughs> that would be cool. But <laughs> Sharing I, the same crappy lighting. <laughs> I know there actually is a place in town that has like what they're calling, I think, podcasting studios, but I think I like what we're doing better. So <laughs> Yeah, me too. Plus, if we were there, you wouldn't get to hear Chihuahua's yipping in the background that's true that's true and you probably you may not hear my wife bleeding in from her zoom work meeting right now so you know Ooh, she's zooming on the weekends huh yeah nice 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 well um i kind of even hesitated if we should do this tonight at this time because there were football games going on and tomorrow night there are not but what yeah. the heck we're going to stick to a schedule I would say that the one time we will not will be two weeks from tonight when they crown the Super Bowl winner because we are not going to try to compete with the Super Bowl. Sure. So we'll probably move that ahead a day to a Monday or a Tuesday, yeah. um, depending on what works best for us. So two weeks, don't yeah. plan on a Sunday evening show. This is also, I mean, if people watch live, cool. If not, it's there forever. So <laughs> You are correct. Forever. It's cool to have interaction, but, you know whatever <clears throat> well the good news is throughout the week i did get some interaction we yeah. had some uh i'm gonna call them fans of the show <laughs> it's my liberty i'm doing it sure. <laughs> and they uh they at least um responded and said what songs from that list or that image that i put out uh they would mm -hmm. choose so it's kind of fun um theirs match up a lot with mine so okay uh, not so much yours but you'll explain yours in a little bit yeah all right are you ready to be stumped my friend Sure. Why not? It's a feeling I, I don't get very often. So I know, never really. Um, that's a testament, though. And so I kind of, you're going to see it. I, it's the first slide that I put up on the screen is going to have the question from the first one. This one may, of all of them, give it away. Oh, okay. Oh, look at this. Christina Hilton. I like you guys more <laughs> than football. That's very kind of her. You. And I, I will say she would appreciate a guest spot 
from your chihuahuas. So yes, yes, big dog we, fan. And her husband loved dogs, and that's one of the many reasons we love them. So thank you, Christina. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Monday? I am. Here we go. This band had the greatest selling debut album of all. I knew it. I saw your face. You probably know debut it. Debut album. No, I'm no. Not, I don't have oh, it. I yet. thought you were like, I like you leaned back that you had it. Debut album. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I have a guess. I'm going to say Guns oh, N' Roses. Oh. God, son of a bitch. I knew you would get it. <laughs> That's why I really get I. I really hesitated to put that one as the first yeah, because that's kind of one of those, if you know that stat, you know it. So let's look at the rest and see if you knew these. I did not know that stat. I it's, It makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, that one came Never out of won nowhere. A Grammy. That, that's kind of mm-hmm. shocking. Kind of not. I mean, they're... Hmm. But Their something like Sweet Child of Mine, yeah. like it, just, it yeah. transcended genres, I thought. So. Yeah. It's, and then it's November Rain. Yeah, I didn't put it on here, but they also had the most expensive record recorded ever. I'm guessing yeah. it's Use Your Illusion one and two. So, hmm. and now this one <laughs> was a bit of a softball. Maybe lead singer's been arrested over thirty times, defended himself as his own lawyer okay. in court. The uh, the number of arrests is surprising, not shocking. Surprising. Uh, I really like defending yourself. Uh, that mm, that's usually not a good idea. Oh, very risky. <laughs> <laughs> most judges, out. yeah, most judges do everything they can to dissuade people from doing <laughs> that. Yeah, it did not work out so well for Ted Bundy either. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were in, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2012. I knew they're in there. I have no idea yeah. what year. So. And then the final one, I believe. It took them 15 years to complete their last album, which uh, released yeah, in 08. That probably would have given it away yeah. if I didn't know the first one. <laughs> yeah. Dang it, I should have put that at the end. Yeah. No, oh, well, what are you going to do? That was a guess. I mean, it's an educated guess, but it was a guess. And I mean, Appetite for Destruction is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it is definitely, if not the best, it is one of the best debut albums of all time. Yeah, it's fantastic. One thing I want to do in a show coming up is I want us to choose, and this is probably going to be an upcoming challenge, but the greatest opening tracks off of records. Sure. Yeah. And I think that would be fun. That's a tough um, one. It is, but there's so many out there. Yeah. And, you know, last week I had mentioned my French class because I used Claude Francois for one of my mm-hmm. answers. Yep. We lit when this came out. One of our friends brought this in, and our French teacher let us listen to Appetite for Destruction. Wow. Oh, she was ahead of her time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was (laughs) so good. Funny. I know. So, um, well, well done. I will be back uh, next week to try to stump him yet again. Now, obviously, I'm not choosing some obscure bands that we don't know because that would not be fair. I'm trying to stick to genres that we like. Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll do it again. Are you ready for the challenge? I am. I think this is an interesting one. Well, um, this was this was mine, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put this up here real fast um, because on Facebook, or I'm sorry, on Twitter, I follow this account. It's at Tones of Music, and his okay. name is Chris there above it. 
but it's a 90s account. And he's always putting up really cool things about 30 years ago, 25 years ago. This yeah. one was released, you know, all these kind of things. But they're all in that sweet spot that we love that, mm -hmm. you know, 88 to 98 kind of time period, which had a ton of good music. And so he posted that image. And so when I saw that, I thought, man, that would make for a good one because uh, there yeah. were so many good records on it. And it wasn't it didn't encapsulate everything that came out 35 years ago, clearly. But it had a lot right. of good ones. Yeah, definitely yeah. stuff that was, I think, on both of our radars for sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, you know, I was in, let's see. So 89, that was, I, I mean, I was just starting I was going from sixth grade to seventh grade. So just kind of starting middle school and my tastes were changing. And then I, you know, going to a new building at school, I met new friends and that influences what you're listening to. So it was an interesting time for sure. Yep. And that 89 was my senior year. And so, mm -hmm. um, obviously that fall I was in college. So mm -hmm. that was eye opening and brought in a lot of new music yeah. to me as well. So a good time period for both of us. And the challenge then was to look at this image and come up with your top five records. And so that's what we did. Yep. I'm going to pull this back up because the next slide is going to show our number five records. We did have some people uh, share theirs with us. And we have <clears throat> um, Anita. She chose hers. Let's get over here so I can take a peek at that. She chose uh, Motley Crue, Aerosmith, Skid Row. The Cult and Faith No More. Sure. And those were one through five. Uh, Cortland Funk said uh, Paul's Boutique was his first one. Um, 3FT. What is 3FT? I'm not sure. And then uh, Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Um, I'm not sure which one was his favorite out of that, but a couple of great records. Yep. We had uh, Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, The Cult. Skid Row, Motley Crue, and then he added, because there were other ones that came out at that time, Don Henley, The End of Innocence, Stevie Ray Vaughan, In Step, which I absolutely love, Eric Clapton, Journeyman, um, so thank you for that. Who, and then, well, who uh, was that? I don't think you said who that oh, was. Oh, that was Mike Shane. Mike Shane. Go. Yeah, he's our uh, soccer coach at school. Good dude. Okay. Likes hockey. Um, Dirk Webster of Ruoff. Everybody locally knows Dirk, I think. Paul's Boutique was his number one, then Disintegration. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Pretty Hate Machine, Full Moon Fever, and then the last one was Pixie's Doolittle. This is one five order. And then I think the last one that we have on here was from Jason Branch. His number one was Pump from Aerosmith. Two was End of Innocence. Don Henley, he cheated. Um, oh, he really cheated. That <laughs> was the Raw and the Cooked by Fine Young Cannibals. And then Cosmic Thing, which was on the list, B-52s. And number five was Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys. Got it. Thank you guys for playing along. Those are great. Yes, and I uh, the extra ones that you guys added in are all good records. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I suppose if uh, T-Bags isn't here, somebody had to cheat. So. That's right. We don't have enough cheaters on this show. <laughs> well, here we go. Nice. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to go five to one. And okay, uh, Metal, yes. tell us, you did this differently than, well, mine are still the same, but yours were not. So explain how you chose yours. So the picture that we were choosing these from, um, you know, I, I, I looked at that and I immediately am like, how am I going to pick five? 
So I had to somehow figure that out. And basically what I was listening to in 1989 is a little different than looking back with nostalgia. I would say these are my top five. So my top five from that time period and my top five now would have been very different. So I chose to go with my 1989 top five. These are the five albums of the of this bunch that I was listening to the most mm -hmm. at that cool. time. All right. And mine are essentially they would have been the same then as they are now, I think. Yeah, um, because they just have held as, as classics in my mind. So I will say I will add the caveat that. In 1989, so I'm like 12, 13 years old. Um, this is the time where I was really getting into heavier music. So I was all about, I was still into like, you know, Guns N' Roses and Ozzy, but I was also into like the hair metal stuff and just kind of all over the place. If it had like a distorted guitar in it, like that's what I was listening to. So, <laughs> okay. but here we have Paul's mm. Boutique and mm -hmm. Licensed Ill came out when I was in like fifth grade, I think. So mm. I, you know, I've been a Beastie Boys fan since the beginning and this, you know, this is their second album and it's absolutely fantastic. Leaps and bounds of improvement from Licensed Ill to this. It's very, very different. Those two albums are very different and... Yeah, this is, I mean, it's just a classic. So many great songs on here. It's ridiculous. It it will be on my list as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my number five was Soundgarden, uh, Louder Than Love. And I will say up front that all five of mine were things that I purchased through the BMG and Columbia House Music Club back in school oh yeah and the key is you would get the ones that you want and then you would just relentlessly send them back return to sender return to sender until they just canceled your subscription you never paid for a thing and then you jump over to the other one and do it there for a while it was a classic yep. scheme we yep yep i don't know how they lasted as long as they did to be honest with you yeah, I'm sure some people <laughs> lived up to their end of the bargain, which made them money, but most people I don't think did. Oof. And you're, like, you're, you're, you're dealing with college kids, too, who you know had three different addresses when I was there in four years, so that made it there more difficult, go. I'm sure. But um, okay. yeah, so Soundgarden, Louder Than Love, I love this one. This was my introduction to Soundgarden, uh, Hands All Over, Loud Love, amazing songs, and this one was really hard, and I loved it. So that was my number five. Yep. This was before I really, yeah, I hadn't, I didn't, I didn't find Soundgarden until, you know, I think they were playing, what would it have been, uh, oh my gosh, Outshined on mm -hmm. like Headbangers Ball and stuff. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, that was a great show. <clears throat> Number four. Yes. Here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Monday. What you got? Number four. So... Skid Row, their first album came out in 1989. Uh, I still love it. I was just listening to it the other day, getting ready for this. And man, I feel like it holds up a lot. I think sometimes they get lumped in with the hair metal thing. I would 
100% disagree with that tag for them. I think they're more in the Guns N' Roses camp. They're a little, little dirtier, a little grimier. And, um, man, Sebastian Bach, I mean, come on. What a voice. Good <laughs> Lord. And, I mean, I there aren't really... I don't know that there's any bad songs on this album. There's some that are a little... Mm, not quite as memorable maybe but i mean monster monster hits on this song you know 18 and life youth mm -hmm. gone wild i remember you and some really great like kind of lesser known tracks that i love too like rattlesnake shake uh sweet little sister just piece of me oh piece of me is a great song just a really good album man real solid yeah you're right they definitely get lumped in just because of the time period and the look. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. And Sebastian, you know, he was kind of pretty and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think they get lumped in a lot. Yeah. I bet he can sing better now than Vince Neil. I, I know he can because <laughs> he just put out a new song and it's not terrible and he sounds great. So yeah, if you haven't done it yet, do yourself a favor, folks, and go to oh. uh, Instagram or somewhere and just type in Vince Neil. <laughs> singing today and it's oh. everywhere and people put oh. what the lyrics sound like it is hilarious because mm. he is absolutely awful and to to think that people pay a lot of money to watch them yeah is really sad do not go to a motley Crue show they're playing stadiums uh, yeah insane yeah it's nuts i mean somebody has lost it over the years and it is him <sighs> so all right <clears throat> so my number four was the cult sonic temple and believe it or not, this was probably the one that sort of catapulted them into superstardom. But mm -hmm. uh, that was their fourth record, and it is the fourth. It is the least solid record of the bunch. Um, before that, they had come out with Dreamtime and Love and Electric, and those albums were absolutely just amazing. And um, I think they were completely different. This is the, sort of their jump over to mainstream and you can kind of feel it a little bit, but there's still some great songs. I mean, Firewoman and Edie yep. and Sweet Soul Sister, those are all kind yep. of great songs. But um, if you have not listened prior to that, you should definitely go back because those records before that were amazing. And I just noticed when I was going through and compiling my list, I didn't realize, but so originally... I mean, I mean, I knew originally they were the Southern Death Cult, then they were the Death Cult, and then they became the Cult. Well, they just in December went back to being apparently Death Cult, and they released two songs. Really? And I had no idea that they had done that. And so I listened to them today, and they're really pretty good songs. So I'm hoping this is precursor to a record, and whether they call themselves Death Cult or Cult, whatever, doesn't matter to me. But if, if they can put a, produce a record as good as those two songs, I am in. Wonder why they changed their name. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't know why they would go back. I mean, it was a simplistic thing back in the day, but right. I don't know. And we used to sing Firewoman on my dorm floor a lot, and we were all screaming <laughs> and yelling. I'm sure there were beverages involved, but nice. it was a good memory as well. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Next up will be album number three. Woo! Speaking <laughs> of Vince Neil. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, this was, I was all about Motley Crue at this time. And when this album came out, I mean, it just got in my head and they were everywhere. This album was huge. This was supposedly the 
we're clean and we're writing better songs and we're, you know, it's whatever. And man, it, their videos for God, so many songs on here. I don't even know how many, but uh, at least let's see one, two, three, four, five, five or six of 11 songs. So like over half the record, had videos and they were huge. This album sold so much. They were everywhere. And I, I love it. I still love it. I'm, I'm a crew fan, but yeah, it's, I, I, I saw them live twice and I'm glad I saw them when I did. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one where Nikki six actually was the bassist in the recording? Cause before they were going over him cause he didn't know how to play. And then he learned to play, and then he started actually being the one who was recorded for the records. Is this it? I don't know that story. I mean, I, I have heard those rumors, but I honestly don't know. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I mean, everybody loved the crew back in the late 80s, and they were the fun band. They were the party band, mm -hmm. uh, but they sounded great, so good choice. And yes, I would not see them today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, my number three was Pretty Hate Machine, and any Nine Inch Nails fan knows what this is. If you don't like Nine Inch Nails, you should check this out, because I I kind of see this as the game changer um, in industrial music, especially, and just kind of the whole direction of what Trent was doing. This is it. This is the Seed album right here where it all started. Um, most people know Head Like a Hole. There's other great songs on there, like Down In It, Terrible Lie fantastic record and at the time it really was different than anything else out there i mean it was a very unique record and it still i think holds up even though what came after that i think was him refining it and putting out great records but this is a beauty great record yeah i mean uh, this would definitely be on my list if not at the top of my list now i mean you know so uh and yeah, I agree that this, this album as good as it is, I feel like it's almost like a blueprint that he yes. then built his career off of. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I think if you look at the credits in this album, it says nine inch nails is Trent Reznor. So, mm -hmm. and, and obviously he had producers, you know, flood and, you know, whoever else, but um yeah, they he pretty much did everything on this, and and then from here, you know, he toured, so he had a live band, and that influenced the sound, I think, a lot more going forward. Certainly for broke the broken EP, which came next. But yeah, uh, yeah man, I there's not enough good words that could apply to this album. Yeah, agreed. I think that's a, the blueprint. I think is a good way to to say that because yeah. yep or the foundation even because yeah. what came after sure. was built on that for sure yeah. okay we are up to album number two hmm. metalhead go so pump and the album before it permanent vacation were absolutely massive this permanent vacation i think was a huge huge comeback for Aerosmith I think they had been floundering for several years and they kind of uh got their shit together and you know 
figured out that what they needed to do to make some good music again and permanent vacation just took over the airwaves and they continued that uh, momentum with pump. And I'm going to tell you both of these albums I had on cassette and Mm -hmm. I would put them in the cassette player, put my headphones on, turn my lights out and just lay there and listen to them front to back. Both albums, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I don't think there's a bad song on pump, not one. And they do some weird, like, uh, I don't know what you call them, like maybe interstitials or intros that are, you know, kind of weird, but they're interesting and they lead into the song that they're attached to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just massive hits, you know, love in an elevator, Janie's got a gun, other side, what it takes, massive, massive hits. And mm-hmm. I, these, this and permanent vacation, I mean, I came damn close to wearing these tapes out. <laughs> yeah. But going forward from pump, I really didn't stick with Aerosmith that much. So. I was getting, you know, that's funny because I was getting ready to say, I saw yeah. the tour, I, w- I saw them in concert. And then I don't think I've listened to anything Aerosmith since then. Yeah. That, I, it's, I don't know what happened, they, but when they came out with like crazy, and I think the album after pump was maybe get a grip, did not care for it. And I, I was out. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so funny. You say that. Yeah. Same yeah. with me. Okay. Well, you already had chosen Paul's boutique, but this mm-hmm. is my number two. And, um, I think kind of like, what we just said with Nine Inch Nails, this is the one that sort of steered them the rest of the way because it was different yep. than Licensed to Ill. It was better, and it kind of had that feel of what was to come from them. So many good ones on here. Shake Your Rump, Eggman, Johnny Rial, yep. um, Hey Lady, Shadrach. There's just like one after the other. This album is pure beastie joy. So absolutely, uh, anybody out there hasn't checked out Paul's Boutique, you need My- to do it now. Yes, then the amazing thing about this album, I think, is the sheer number of samples that they used. In mm-hmm. this. I mean, every song is just loaded, absolutely loaded with samples, which at this time, who knows if they cleared everything. <laughs> now, I feel like that would be an absolute nightmare because you would have to clear everything. Otherwise, you'd get sued. But well, even more than that, people question the fact of is it real music if you're sampling? Like there was right. a whole debate going on at the time, and now everybody kind of understands. Yeah, it's totally cool to do that, yeah. and um, it's totally acceptable. So, oh yeah, it is. so yes, there's an Aerosmith fun. rock and roll coaster. Oh yeah, they've had a lot of tie-ins with their music. I remember mm-hmm. the there's been. I know there was a pinball game. Mm-hmm. I know there was like a some kind of arcade game that I feel like might have been a shooter game for some reason Hmm. (laughs) but yeah they've they've uh they've got their brand out there quite a bit awesome okay thank you for that chris i've never been to disney world so i didn't know that but aerosmith has a ride there very cool Mm -hmm. okay drum roll please it's back there sorry number one here we go yep i figured that would be your number one but uh, <laughs> I went with uh, the real thing from Faith No More. And 
honestly, like I think I probably listened to Aerosmith's pump more than this, but once I got my hands on this, I'm sure the Epic video is probably Mm -hmm. what got my attention first. Oh yeah. And I was like, what in the world is this? This is weird. It's different. I love it. I got this album and it just absolutely blew me away. I mean, from out of nowhere, epic falling to pieces, surprise your deads. Like, I mean, just on and on and on and on and on. They do, they have an instrumental on here, woodpecker from Mars, which is amazing. They have a cover. I think on here it's a live cover. It's a live version of, excuse me, war pigs from black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I mean, this this album just absolutely blew my mind. I had never heard anything like this, and it's so good. The musicianship is amazing. Mike Patton, we've all come to know and love Mike Patton. The dude can mm-hmm. literally do anything with his voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's which I think it was just his birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I saw him recently too. Yeah, he's like fifty six or something. But uh, anyway, yeah, so. Wow, the real thing, Faith No More, just stupid good. It's crazy to think that Mike Patton is a household name. Yeah. Because he is so talented. And this yeah. would have been my number six. And it was really close to the top. Um, I remember being in college and we all heard that he, that in concert, they were singing the Nestle um, Candy oh, Bar yeah. theme song. <laughs> so it was like we had to go out and find that import so we could hear this. Yeah. It was so silly. Well, it's also like once you get into Faith No More, like this is their second album, but it's Mike mm-hmm. Patton's first album with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you start to find out about Mr. Bungle, which was never my mm-hmm. thing. Bungle was always a little too weird for me. It's just yeah, like same. weird, weird to be weird. And I don't, all right, JPP has always loved mm-hmm. them, but, um, even now, like they're putting out new music, their last two albums, they've had Scott Ian and mm-hmm. Dave Lombardo playing with them, which is amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Mike Patton, he's still out there doing it and they're ready, getting ready to go on tour. Yes. So I know JPP will be thrilled. That's the Phoenix supernova for the, those of you playing at home. Yep. And uh, I'm sure he is stoked and he'll be going to see them. Probably. Uh, but yeah, faith and more great choice. Great choice. And my number one, um, as he said, is not a surprise. Here you go. The vinyl for The Cure, Disintegration. And it's interesting because I don't know if if people remember when this came out, but uh, there were a lot of people who were not happy with this record. It was very different than a lot of uh, what had come before. It took time for this to build and for mm-hmm. people to really understand what was going on and, and attached to it. And now I think it's pretty much the most beloved Cure record that there is. And I mean, it is just like a hitter from the beginning with Plain Song, Pictures of You, Love Song, Lullaby, Fascination Street. It's just like one after the other hits you. Yeah. And um, I absolutely love this record. And I was fortunate enough to finally get to see them in concert. And it was just a wonderful experience. I'm so glad I got to do that. And so from 35 years ago, our two favorite records are Faith No More and The Cure, two I think, excellent uh, groups. Yeah, Disintegration is definitely the one that I hear about the most. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got massive hits on it. And um, I again, this is one that would likely be on my list now, 
in you know looking back and what what i listen to and what i enjoy now but at that time i was not a sad boy so i was not listening to <laughs> so what would I, your what would your top five be i don't know based on I don't now have, i don't have that graphic in front of me but um let me see if i can find it real quick you got but, the ramones smithereens the cult skid row chili yeah, peppers i mean there's uh there's several that would probably be the same, but um, so let's see. I would say probably in no particular order, it probably Pretty Hate Machine, uh, Faith No More, Paul's Boutique. Um, <clears throat> ooh, see, this is I where know. It gets to, <laughs> like narrowing it down to five. Honestly, like pump, I would have to put on there just because I listen to it so much and I still love it. Mm -hmm. That last spot, it honestly would be a toss up for me between disintegration and Tom Petty's full moon fever. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love both of those. It's narrowing it down to five is hard. <laughs> and it's interesting that we didn't and nobody that played along with us picked the stones. Because oh, that yeah, was yeah. that was a time period, I think, where the stones kind of fell off for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think the last one that we reviewed was pretty is good. That, is that good Steel reading. Wheels? Yes. Steel Wheels, I think, was kind of, I want to say they might not have had a record out for a while, but I know they did a massive, massive tour. Mm -hmm. uh, on we that saw one. them on that tour. Is that? I think that's the one uh, Living Color opened up for them on that tour. We saw him with um, Counting Crows. Okay. <clears throat> really? In like 1990? Mm-hmm. Counting Crows, huh? I think so. I don't think they had another album out after that, did they? I'd have to oh, look and no. see when that I was. Feel, I feel like that's early for Counting Crows. It could. I thought Counting Crows came <clears throat> out in 89 or 90 with Mr. Jones. Mm, I could be totally. I don't off think base. it was '89. I feel like they were riding that grunge wave a little bit. Could be. But all uh, I know yeah. is the Stones were not good in concert for that one. The sound <laughs> wasn't good, and Counting Crows was better. Yeah. Which was really shocking at that. Even though I love yeah. them. Yeah, there's several things on here. Oh, like '93. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got Mother's Milk from Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. I mean. I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan. It's their real hit or miss for me. This one is probably one of the better ones. Uh, Smithereens, you know, I'm not. I only mm -hmm. know a few songs. Uh, the Ramones are great, but they're it's the Ramones. They're just it's yeah, they're the Ramones. Uh, Bleach was, from their. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I was close with the Pixies because that's a pretty good record. And the one song yeah. that stands out for me though is Wave of Mutilation. Other than that, I don't love the entire record, so that's why it dropped for me a little bit. Yeah, I've never been a huge Pixies fan either. So that um, Nirvana's Bleach, I was not, I didn't know anything about Nirvana until Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, De La Soul, they're cool, but I was listening. Yeah, I wasn't listening to it at that mm -hmm. time. That's another one that came later. B52s, there's some massive hits mm -hmm. on that album, but I mean, you know, I liked whatever. him a little bit before that with um, Rock Lobster. 
Yeah. Billy Joel. This is, I think this is the one that had like, we didn't start the fire and like what else is on it. You know, (laughs) that's, yeah. Same. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. My, my list would be different then and now, but it kind of revolves around the same, you know, seven, seven to nine albums. Yep. I think I'm there too. All right. Well, that brings us to our review, which I think this week is going to be a little shorter than most weeks. Before um, we do that, hit it. I have a challenge I can issue for next week if you would like me to do that right now. Oh, I would love it. So, something I don't, I, I had a theme song from a cartoon stuck in my head for no apparent reason. And I mean, for like all day, I'm just humming this song. And it just got me to thinking, like, you know, we love music. And it's not, honestly, now I think it's less of an art form than I would have considered it in years past. But they still do theme songs for shows. But I don't know how many are really iconic now. Mm-hmm. which I also think part of that is due to no one is watching the same thing anymore. So true. There are so many delivery services to get what you're watching. It's no one's watching the same thing. So anyway, I want to know theme songs from shows that you loved when you were younger. And I, I would say, if you want to get into teenage years, fine. But I'm thinking like earlier than that. You know what I mean? Like preteen okay. or childhood. But just theme songs from shows that have stuck with you. You still you hear it. It's that instant hit of nostalgia. <clears throat> and, you know, you still love it and you hum them and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. All right. That's an awesome challenge. And there it is on the screen for everybody to see. I don't really um, care how many you do. I mean, usually we do, you know, three to five, whatever, whatever you come up with. It's all good. Perfect. And it does not have to be, I said cartoon. That's what I had stuck in my head. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Live action, cartoon, whatever you love that st- okay. has stuck with you through the years. Cool. Um, by the way, the night. 1994 tour I went to was the Voodoo Lounge tour. Yes. It made such an impression on me that I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Steel Wheels <laughs> was massive. I mean, yeah. they they were playing mm-hmm. like football stadiums. It was well, I saw them at the Hoosier Dome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. So theme songs from uh, shows that we loved when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's all from your childhood. Don't go sneaking and cheating, teabags. If you listen yeah. to this. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time, and it is time to review Green Day Saviors, the new record from Green Day. And um, <laughs> I don't still have a lot to say. I hate to say that, but yeah. I, I, I don't know that I've heard a more bland, simplistic record in a long time. So... I heard, I listened to WTF with Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. I have since the beginning. I, I, 
I mean, it's been what, like 14 plus years. I don't even know now, but, um, he had Billy Joe Armstrong on, which Billy Joe's kind of a notoriously difficult interview. Um, they connected over the living in the Bay Area early in the conversation, which I think kind of loosened him up. It was a great interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who is a Green Day fan should go listen to that. It was fantastic. That conversation kind of got me excited for this. Um, mm-hmm. And I was glad when you said you wanted to cover it. <clears throat> um, then we Then I listened to it. <laughs> And uh, actually, before I listened to it, I looked on YouTube to see if they had any videos and they have several. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the videos, I think, are probably in like the front half of this record. Um, That would make sense. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the, the first six songs of this record are fantastic. I, I I enjoyed all of them. After that, it like falls off a cliff <laughs> for the next nine songs. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not, I don't mean that it's terrible. It, it just, it's it, terrible. I don't think it's terrible. <laughs> I just think it's it's mediocre. It sounds like Green Day. I don't think it they did anything crazy to change anything up, but it's just know, mediocre at best. I the first six songs I really really enjoyed. After that, I it, it's I don't care. I, I did not care. Yeah, uh, and maybe it's it sometimes thinking about a group that's supposed to be like pop punk or whatever mm-hmm. you think about this. I don't know that this could be any less punky. It is so simplistic. There's no anger. There's no like the American dream is killing me mm-hmm. should be a biting satirical commentary. And I feel like the lyrics are vanilla. Like Al Jorgensen is killing it <laughs> with biting lyrics, you know, and and calling people out and and making a point. It almost seems like they have just toned it down so much that they have just almost gone completely pop. The the bass, which I, you know, you got a three piece band here. You're, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be punk. The bass almost gets lost in a lot of songs, which you would hope you'd have this awesome bass groove just driving it. I mean, yeah, Mike Dern is great. I mm-hmm. mean, his. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of punk bass players are standouts. Just I think mm-hmm. they play so hard, and they usually are able to get such a great tone. And yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think I think he's in there, but I think you know, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And it's not that it's unlistenable; mm-hmm. it's almost too listenable. That's why I said it's just like mediocre. It's just middle of the road. It doesn't challenge us in any way. It doesn't make us think about anything. I mean, the song One-Eyed Bastard is a clever renaming of uh, male genitalia. Like, yeah. okay, that's, you know. Um, 
I, I thought, okay, this is about a revenge thing. That, but then it's bada boom, bada bing, and I'm like, okay, so we're we're trying to harness the old uh, gangster vibe. But I don't song. know. I think honestly, though, if you think about it, I think that those lyrics work with that song because you're kind of talking about masculinity and what's more, you know, masculine, toxic, or otherwise. Than an Italian gangster, hey, oh, bada boom, bada bing, you know, like I don't know, I, I that's how I took that. Is it's just like over the top masculinity. Okay, it wasn't delivered that way, so that's why it's just everything's too clean and neat. I wish there was something that was just had a, a different angle or some anger or some some real. I don't know. I just feel like that's Green Day, and, and it probably is, and that's probably not fair of me to try to lump them in. But if you're going to have that vibe, it seems like you should have that, you know, that punch to it. And I will say, like, uh, the song Father to a Son, mm-hmm. it was a sweet song. Yeah, you're a lighthouse in a storm from the day that you were yeah. born. This kind of, he said it was a sequel to Wake Me Up When September Ends. Mm-hmm. You know, sweet song. I have no problem with that. Saviors, yeah. the penultimate song, you know, looking for a savior to save the world kind of thing. That's okay. Um I, yeah, yeah, like living in the 20s, um, you know, obviously he's talking about the 2020s. Some of the lyrics in that I thought were, you know, not, I don't think they were in, incredibly innovative, but they were certainly spot on. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of scathing rhetoric of, you know, dumb stuff that's happening in the 2020s. Yeah, I don't know. Corvette um, Summer, when I heard that first, I thought Mark Hamill, you know, <laughs> from his old movie. Um, but, yeah. yeah, the song Dilemma, I think, is probably overall the best song. And it's not because it's, you know, like some aggro punk song. It's not. It's a very good rock song. And... This one, what made me like this even more was um, I saw a clip. Well, actually, he talked about it a little bit on Marin, but he also I also saw a clip of them on Stern recently. And Billy Joe was talking about this song. He actually wrote this. You know, he was sober for like five years and then kind of fell off the wagon. And uh, he wrote this song while he was off the wagon like he was drinking when he wrote this song it's not looking back at at things through a sober lens he was he's like this is the most honest song that i've ever written because i wrote this song with these lyrics basically you know he's talking about you know how bad of a person he is and he's doing this when he should be doing this and but he was writing this song in the midst of drinking being drunk mm-hmm. and so i don't know i think that kind of made that one mean a little more to me um bobby socks i think is a fun song um i think that's kind of an interesting one also that one you should watch the video um i don't know i i think the mixture of the lyrics and the video are, are better at illustrating just the song because i think Mm -hmm. the song might be a little confusing because he's uh, you know he's saying do you want to be my girlfriend do you want to be my boyfriend right 
But I mean, you can extrapolate from that. I think that obviously there's some LGBTQ plus stuff going on there, but it's uh, not that he is, is that in mm -hmm. any way, but it's, it's basically from everyone's standpoint. And I think the song kind of means like everybody is everybody. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I think the video illustrates that a little bit more. Um, Look, Ma, no brains, fun, super fun video. It's a zombie video. It's pretty, yeah. but uh, yeah. That's I, probably the song that sounds the best to me. Okay. Yeah. Is that one. Yeah. And I don't, I like the American dream is killing me. I, I don't think it is not an American idiot level. No, um, not even close. But I but I enjoyed it and I think that's more like they didn't really do political stuff at all until American Idiot. Right. And so, you know, it's cool for me to see that he still, you know, kind of has that stuff on his mind and mm -hmm. you know. So they they didn't just use it for a couple of albums and then bail on it, so I would say that the American Dream is a good album starter. Yes. Or an I album agree. by them, even though I don't love what they're doing. That was probably the best song that they had for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Super front loaded for me. I don't, yeah. It, this one, it's not a slump in the middle. I, it literally just fell off a cliff for me. <laughs> it's, it's just average green day, nothing new, nothing crazy, nothing great after the song 1981, so, which I liked a lot. But that for me, that's a problem with the record. You know, it's like, yeah, there's nothing great, nothing bad. It's just, yeah. eh, you know, yeah. and that's I like something that's going to challenge me and make me come back. It's like, uh, you know, we did Sleep Token last year and I went back mm -hmm. and forth a million times and I couldn't understand why I kept working with this record. But yeah. it drew me in. There was something there that was so different and interesting. And it is n like the anti this record. And if you I, yeah. love Green Day, you're probably going to love this record and you're going to eat it up and you're going to be excited about it and you're going to go see them in concert and all that. But for me, it was just bland and um, just didn't have it. I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so if I'm going to score this record, and I am, Wait, I'm going to give it... Oh, sorry, hold you got on. more? Before we do that... Oh, yes, yes, yes. I wanted to touch on... There's a little bit of a controversy controversy with at, mm -hmm. at least this one song the song one-eyed bastard the riff at the beginning that they repeat several times throughout the song i mean people are coming out of the woodwork and be like oh my god they ripped off pink and that that riff sounds i i don't like i mean it is spot on what's this, the song by pink so what and it is, she actually hums. She's like, da 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 da. da. But in, in the Green Day song, it's a guitar riff. But in Pink song, she's like kind of singing that melody. I swear it's exactly the same. <laughs> so I don't know if that was intentional, but I, oh man, they are right there. And there's, there was one dude that I saw that said, in that same song, uh, may, maybe the chorus was real similar to an Offspring song, which he kind of played them both. And I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, kind of. 
But then he was also he said there was another song and I didn't write this down. I don't remember which one. He said there was another song where he kind of ripped off a melody from a Nelly song as well. Yes, I, I just looked it up real fast while you're doing that so people can go find these. Yeah, yeah. it says Green Day copied Pink, The Offspring, and Nelly. And then there are some um, where they're putting them next to each other. You can look at One Eyed yeah. Bastard versus Pink, So What? So mm -hmm. if you want to check that out, go check out the controversy. And you can see it on YouTube, which is yes. nice. It'll lay it out for you. Yes. So rating. Go ahead. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to be generous and say a two because. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it sounds like Green Day. I mean, yeah. so if you're looking for a Green Day record, it sounds like Green Day. I just don't enjoy. I liked American Idiot. I just feel like this is not even close. I there's just something lacking here. Maybe it's just getting older and losing an edge, or yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe I've changed and I don't enjoy Green Day like I used to. But I did not enjoy this record. I will not listen again. Um, so two out of five. Yeah. So you know, after that first what. Little about the first third of the record, I yeah I lost interest completely. <laughs> um, so I don't know what kind of rating I would give to a third of a record, but I'm probably <laughs> around the same, like two two point five. Uh, yeah, it just oof, it was rough. Yeah. All right. Well. You're not going to get a ringing endorsement from us, but yeah, I, I am seeing that people are enjoying the record. So if you're a Green Day fan, don't listen to us. Go listen to it and enjoy it, sure. and tell us to f off. We may not you be the audience. You don't have to do that, but <laughs> but if you want to, you can. We don't care. You can like the record and not be mean to us. That's okay too. <laughs> uh, but you might be more satisfied if you are. Seems that's that the way, way. That's the way we do it now. You got to let everybody <laughs> know how dissatisfied you are with them. Yep. So, okay. Well, that pretty much wraps up all of our activity for episode 166. Next week, we do have a challenge. Thank you, Mr. Mundy, on popping one of those out really fast. Theme songs from shows that we loved when we were younger. And uh, do we have a record for next week? That I don't have. <laughs> Dang it. You have so, one job, yeah. right? One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll find something to do. And if not, I will go to Chris at Tones of Music and see what he's got <laughs> cooking on Twitter. See if there's something we can do, um, historically speaking. But who knows? All right, Monday. If anybody was trying to find you, where would they find you? Oh, Instagram. It's my handle on the show at Metalhead Monday, M U N D Y. Why? Because we like you. Why? Because I post pictures of my cat. So. <laughs> That's right. Oh, all right. I'm Foggy. You can find me at Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitch, no longer Stitcher. No longer SoundCloud. Find an album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingswoolgathering.com. Uh, we should be posting tomorrow uh, Superior Spider Man number three, if anybody's reading that. Oh, we got to thank you real fast. So, your senior year. Did you. Is that my senior year, too? 89, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Chris, where'd you go to school? 
we're just gonna wait for we're just gonna wait it's gonna be dead air while we wait for christina (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we decided we can't do the uh (laughs) jeopardy theme song or we'll get booted off oh that's Um, funny you got oh she was a western actually western doesn't do a good job with their people she's a wester panther uh, (laughs) that's why i don't know her she went to wester (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping she didn't say kokomo and i'm like crap she was in my class and i didn't even know her (laughs) which is possible because we had 600 kids so i didn't know everybody but all right well anyway uh thanks for tuning in this week thank you christina for playing along and um, we will see you next week for that fun challenge and some music Later. All right.